the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we welcome you back to episode number 87, where today we are going to be talking about something quite quite interesting, actually, to us as well, very personal, mm. building mathematical intuition, right? I think very fundamental. Uh, actually, it's the comment of the week is was uh, actually recommended this episode for us today, hence we're doing this. And so shout out to... We're going to shout you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that's that's the deal today. Building mathematical intuition. Yeah, before we actually get into the episode, we have a little bit of news. A little bit of news? Let's uh, hear it. So we hit 18,000 followers this week. We did. We're we did. now sitting at 18,120 followers on Spotify. And we hit 2,000 subscribers say, on YouTube. So thank you, everybody. Say, the YouTube <laughs> audience is really... Uh, 2,000. So, yeah, I mean, 2,000 people have clicked that subscribe mm-hmm. button. That's really cool to, to me, to hopefully mm-hmm. you too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to everyone watching. So, yeah, definitely continue to, you know, like, subscribe. We're out 100%. here. 100%. We're out here. And in terms of downloads, we are now sitting at 308,000 downloads. Decent. We are on the Decent. latter half of the yep. half million mark, yep. which yep. is cool. And then once we get half a million, we're going to be halfway to one million. Oh. <laughs> That's gonna that's be crazy. Be, the one million be download mark will be. Oh, we have to do a crazy merch drop for the one million. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, are we? No, no, no. Okay, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, other than that, make sure to like and follow wherever you're listening to this, and make sure to leave a comment if you have any questions or recommendations for episodes that we can talk about or. Just anything in general. Just anything in general. But more importantly, <laughs> the comment of the week. Oh, yeah. So I don't actually know which episode this is on because something happened to it. But either way, um, I will still read out the part of the comment that I can't see. And it's by, it's definitely not his name, it's Troge AS2. Bunch of words. He says, an episode idea, building mathematical intuition and or maturity. And then he talks about, you know, understanding higher mathematics, building an intuition for mathematical approaches and et cetera. So we're kind of going to be talking about, I mean, a little bit of our personal journey on building up whatever intuition that we've had so far. And also kind of learning from other people, from our professors, from people we've spoken to Mm -hmm. a -hmm. lot about how they also express you know, their way of how much they've learned today. And really quickly, yeah, you may have noticed that this episode is yeah. out on a Thursday. We had to mention it. We, <laughs> to mention it. Uh, we do have excuses. We do have we good do excuses. We do have relatively though. good. Like, if you actually saw the things that we had to do, no, yeah, and, like, sure. it was, it would have, it literally was impossible. Yeah. Like, there was no time to do it. Yeah, we just, so. lots of work, back-to-back deadlines, classes to attend Mm. and just things to do it just didn't work out so we're recording now on wednesday and we're gonna put it out on thursday and then we're gonna record one 
hopefully on time yeah no, hopefully <laughs> this on weekend time. Yeah, yeah, and we're definitely. gonna put it out oh i actually oh, have a good idea midterm week though okay i guess yeah, no we, we'll do it on yeah we, get, we definitely have to do it the, yeah this weekend we got to get it done early i have a good idea for the next episode too you wanna should i no? spoil i mean we've made them wait for this episode i might as well spoil next episode is gonna be just talking about oh that's a good one that's quantum a good one. mechanics oh and statistics and statistics oh that's gonna be so cool <laughs> that's gonna be, a cool that's gonna be so cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we've actually okay. been talking about doing that because like they do have similarities but anyways yes mostly because quantum mechanics is a statistical description of the mm-hmm. universe. anyways so now talking about mathematical intuition do you ever are you ever in class in elementary school or high school and you look at that smart guy in in your class maybe sitting two rows ahead of you and you ask how does he how does he just know the answer to everything and he just does so well on his tests and his homework is always just easy breezy let me tell you his intuition is probably very strong. His mathematical intuition is probably very strong. And I think in terms of like solving like easy, well, it comes into play for anything really, whether it be computations or proofs or just someone tells you something mathematical and you're like, oh, I get that. I get that. It's just a way of, a way of thinking a way of putting your ideas together and everybody's different. That's why, that's why it's kind of tricky to tell somebody here's how you should add two numbers together. And this is what adding two vectors represents and all that stuff because every, everybody thinks about it differently. Personally, I love to think about vectors as arrows. I love it. Some people don't do that though. That's, that's like the physics way. Yeah, I mainly. guess so. That's yeah. like mainly the physics way because you're like used to it being like, oh, which ones cancel out? Yeah. Which ones are equal to each other? That's that's actually a very powerful way of looking at things. But like basic, basic into, I mean, you were talking about that kid, oh, yeah. like that smartest kid. In your, no, because it class. extends from all the way down. No, but no, but that, no, that's yeah. the importance of the whole thing, right? Like yeah. I think a problem in a lot of like the math classes that we have is so many times we are just told, hey, this is the formula. Yeah. Learn it. And, then and this is what you got to do with it. A lot of people just, they go, okay. No, but no, but the fundamental question is still why? Like this is so, this seems so stupid. Yeah. Why would we need it? Number one, how does this even come to be? Why is it relevant to me? I actually have a very fond memory, very fond memory of the quadratic formula. No, I think, I think <laughs> we've heard this story, but yeah, go Really? On. Okay. I, think, I think I think I've heard this story. Well, um, basically, you can easily, like, actually produce the quadratic formula by just writing down like ax squared plus bx plus c equals zero, and by like completing the square hmm. and doing all this stuff, you can actually get isolate for x and have the quadratic formula on the other side and actually see like, oh, this is how you get it and. What happens <clears throat> was that I was in class just having learned the quadratic formula. It's fresh off the dome. And my teacher was like, yeah, you can actually like do it to find it. And I was like, wait, I want to do that. So in my next class, I think it was like French class. 
I just I just like started writing in my book like x ax squared plus bx plus c equals zero and then I tried to figure it out and I did figure it out in the end but then like after I figured that out I was like wait now I know like exactly why this is the formula because when you set it equal to zero mm-hmm. you're literally saying when is this curve equal to zero intersecting the y-axis and then boom suddenly you get you get a couple of cases you get well zero times Mm -hmm. it's actually imaginary but zero times or once or twice and it's all in the formula it's like hey if you're if the square root is equal to zero then you only get one term and if the square root is the inside of the square root is positive then you get two Mm-hmm. and it all works out no but that that intuition itself like that that is not even spoken about so many times which is why i think so many people even get are are, are so confused by the understanding of math because oh, the yeah. thing is you get thrown into here's the formula yeah that's what you get thrown into and then you're like what do i do with this mm-hmm. and uh, what what level that we are learning at like the way and i i mean we mentioned this so many times like the proof level or like the proof way of thinking and i was i was just reading like something just before just prior to this and it was crazy because it was talking exactly about how it, it, it basically paraphrased and said mathematics is proofs mm-hmm. like ma- like when you do a class of mathematics that doesn't involve proving things that's not mathematics you can search that up and like that's not that's just Bam. computation Bam. what math actually is is you know understanding or explaining something that you are trying to abstract or you can't really grasp in the real world so a proof if you really think about it it's just a really fancy explanation. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's, it's a really saying, fancy, rigorous, strict rule yeah. explanation. But is it's what it's it is. basically saying like, here's this this thing, this like theorem that I'm stating in n-dimensional space, and it's like you can't really see that for exactly. yourself. So it's like, exactly. well, starting from the field axioms for real numbers and building up from there <laughs> here's why by definition mm. this thing actually does work but i think a good place to start for intuition and building math intuition and you could even understand this if you're in grade nine but if you don't think about math this way then yeah, at any point this is a good way to kind of switch your ideas and i think we should talk about graphs because mm. graphs are very they're cool in the sense that people see graphs and they're like oh look at this funky line and they don't really think about you know what's what's actually happening and so one thing that i love is like x equals a constant or y equals a constant those equations Mm. and so i remember back in the day I saw like, okay, graph X equals a constant. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what that looks like. Well, I've, you know, this was like grade nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen MX plus B, but in this case, X, you know, there's no Y, there's no slope. There's no like intercept. Like, I don't really know how to graph this. And here's how I should have thought about this. When you go to graph something, you have a rule given to you in this case it's x equals c some constant and what you're drawing is the set of solutions to your rule Hmm. and 
So in this case, because we're just drawing a two-dimensional graph, you have the x-axis and the y-axis, you're asking which points on this graph will satisfy the equation x equals some constant. Well, you notice that there is no restriction on the y value in your point. And there's only a very strict restriction on the x coordinate, and it's that it has to equal c. And so if you notice, if you pick, let's say, 1 comma c, that does in fact satisfy x equals c, or sorry, c comma 1. <coughs> Yeah. Or if you pick C comma 10 or C, you know, C mm -hmm. comma whatever. And then if you start just filling in these sets of s the, these solutions to your rule, you'll notice that you just get a vertical line at X equals C. And then all of a sudden you like, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, X equals C. The graph of that is just a vertical line. And then mm -hmm. the same thing goes for y equals c. but i i think what's powerful about doing either one of these before like i mean obviously you're going to do one of them first so what's really powerful and this is where intuition can come in this is where intuition does come in where you graph one of them let's say you have x equals c and you understand that it's a vertical line your brain and and now you see okay y equals c for example i think it is almost a direct link to okay it has to be the other direction when x equals c is a vertical line, you're, and you, you just proved, you just kind of proved to yourself that, okay, it's a vertical line. And now you're told y, in a graph y equals d, for example, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, if x equals c, like when only of given x is straight, y has to be the opposite. And that's just, and that's, and, and you know, like, like that's a straight connection. And that itself is mathematical intuition, mm -hmm. right? That itself is using your some fundamental understanding of math to, to show something greater. Mm. I mean, and that's all that proofs really is. Like we're just using theorems. We're using basic, you know, or no, not basic, but like we're using theorems that have been, you know, extensively proven and using those, basically we're trying to deconstruct any real scenario or any mm. real object into those theorems. Right, like if we're been given like a surface, or oh, we parametrize it, then we do things to the inside, we do things to the outside, mm -hmm. you know, and those are all given by theorems, and that is all possible because of that fundamental intuition that was once started. Here's something fun and that I love to do is to go to the third dimension. Oh, I love that. So now, for That's all crazy. the listeners out there who maybe haven't done so much linear algebra. By what I just said, okay, x equals a constant is just a vertical line in two dimensions. Here's my question. What is x equals c in three dimensions? Mm. Mm. Try to work your mathematical intuition to <coughs> figure out like what would x equals a, a constant graph that in three dimensions? Or what about y equals a constant or z equals a constant? You know what I mean? And then, after, well, I'll spoil the answer. <laughs> it's, it's a vertical plane mm. parallel to the YZ plane at, you know, whatever C is. Um, and then, what I love doing is... And th th there's, there's a real deep understanding no, from, that, is, from sure, this very sure. statement, too, yeah, sure. about general equations. But continue, continue. Yeah. Um, now... 
here's some here's an exercise that I think is so awesome. Um, and this has to do with just solutions to linear equations and why linear algebra is so cool. Um, so now imagine x equals one. Okay, you have the plane in three dimensions at x equals one. And now I want to know what is the intersection between like some line and that plane, mm. right? Mm. So now all of a sudden, what am I saying by intersection? Well, I'm saying, when does this like line coincide with that plane? Now listen to the words I'm saying. The line coincides with that plane. Mathematically, what I'm saying is, I'm looking for the set of all the points that follow the strict rule to be in that plane and at the same time follow the strict rule to be on that line. All of a sudden, you have a system of linear equations. Mm. And mm -hmm. when people solve systems of linear equations, they're usually given the algebraic mumbo jumbo before mm. actually visualizing what's happening. And so let's say you're in school, you've definitely been told to solve something like this. Like, let's say you have the equation uh, 3y plus 2x plus 5 equals 0. And I say x equals 1. What is y equal to? You know, this is just like, where does you, have, yeah. you have two well, most people wouldn't even consider this two equations. They consider like one equation and then you say, oh, what if X is equal to one? Then you solve for Y. But this is actually two linear equations. You have a system of two equations and you're solving for, you know, the points that, that solve both at the same time. And what I just described to you, um, well, in this case, it's not a, a line. It was, it was the intersection between uh, the plane, which was like 3x plus 2y plus 5 equals 0, which is a, like a hyperplane, and setting x equals to 1. This is a different equation that you can visualize as the vertical plane, as mm -hmm. we were talking about before. And as you solve the system of linear equations, you're literally asking, okay, you have this hyperplane, which is like a flat tilted thing, in three dimensions and then you have this flat vertical plane you're asking what is the intersection in between these two th actually wait i made a mistake sorry i'm a little bit tired <laughs> um what i actually described to you was a line um sorry it's that is what you said <clears throat> you said a line intersecting wait what no no where, where are you confused here no basically because usually a hyperplane yeah that was yeah, i know i heard that word yeah. and i'm like yeah that's a little cheeky yeah. that's a cheeky little word you put in there <laughs> not yeah i know i heard that um didn't say anything. no basically i made it like i made it different from the problem that i stated before because before i used a line intersecting, intersecting a plane, plane. but now now, now it's a plane, a plane intersecting, intersecting a plane, plane. but <laughs> now i'm throwing the i'm throwing the, the question the to words. to the audience now if you can, this is kind of a harder thing to visualize, but try to visualize <clears throat> some plane in three dimensions that just has like something times X plus something times Y equals zero. Forget the constant. <clears throat> By the way, that is the normal form of a plane and people who know that. No, it's not instant. yet. What? 
Oh, yeah, I guess. But I omitted so, the Z, though, because I'm saying Z could be anything. Oh, wait, we're still yeah, in 3D space. Yeah, we are in 3D okay. space. No, but even in that case, you still have your AX plus B. Oh, okay, we're in 3D space. Yeah, so, yeah, continue, yeah. Continue. Basically, how do you... Oh, this is, a good, this is a good topic to cover. And this also ties into what I was saying. I won't forget what I, my original statement. But okay, <laughs> this okay, is going okay. all over. Here's a good thing. This is a very good thing uh, to build like mathematical intuition and visualization skills. Think about y equals x. Y equals x. This is just a rule. Wait, are we in 2D or 3D right now? Two dimensions. We're in two dimensions. We're going back down to two dimensions. We will very soon be going back to three dimensions. Hey. <laughs> so in two dimensions, y equals x. This is just a rule saying, okay, give me all of the points that have the first coordinate is the exact same as the second coordinate. So you get this nice diagonal line. Mm-hmm. Now, what does the equation y equals x in three dimensions look like? What does the graph of that look like? Well, that intuition, interestingly enough, can be brought back from the x equals c example that you gave earlier on. Yeah, I know. But like wh- the same I know, idea I know, I know. that applies yeah. to x no, equals that's c. Why, that's why apply, I'm okay, saying continue, that's what I'm continue, saying. But wait, this. hold on. I just want to make sure my terminology is right. Is graph... The right we thing to talking, say. We yeah, I know. We were talking about that earlier. Is graph the right thing to say? So graph is... No, the graph first, is the right thing. The graph no, in is. this case it is, is the it, right it thing is to is say right thing, because the only time you're not using graph is when you're using level and we're not yeah, okay. close to there. Okay, yet. perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, so the graph of y equals x in three dimensions. And this is so perfect because it ties into the very first thing I said yeah. about setting x equal to a constant or y equals a constant. So now think about the set of solutions in two dimensions to y equals x. This is diagonal line. Now, just imagine out of nowhere, a z-axis comes and hits you in the face. Now, all of the points that are along your xy plane that originally satisfied the y equals x equation still work, right? Because in this case, if you're on the xy plane, the z is just zero. So the same points still all work. But what you might notice is that at any point along this line, you can go up and down this diagonal line, y equals x, and you add a z coordinate. You add, you go, you, let's say you go to the point 1, 1, which works, and then you add the z coordinate of 5. Mm. What you'll notice is that, well, the only rule is that x has to equal Ew. y and x still equals y no matter what z is. Mm-hmm. As, long as, as long as you have 1, 1, z can be literally anything. And this applies for every other point on the line, right? If you have 100, 100, anything, it'll still work. Which tells you that the set of solutions to y equals x in three dimensions is a plane that goes along y equals x on the xy plane but then just extends infinitely upwards and infinitely downwards because there's no restriction for there's zero restriction just the rule and beautifully enough actually wait is there what can you define a line using a single equation in three dimensions i don't think so right you need like a you need a vector. Well, would that not? Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't think you can. Because you would need a... Like, you can define it as, like, 
the intersection of planes, but you can't define it just with one equation. Because any anything that you represent in 3D, if you have... What? If you have... Yeah, I guess one equation. No, yeah, mean. no, no, yeah. Because if, you, ju if you just have equation. two variables, you're still yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. a plane. You, you can't know? have one equation. Yeah. Yeah, because I would. Yeah, you would need at least. Yeah, yeah. you can't have one equation to do that. Because I guess it's all dependent on the number of dimensions too, oh, right? But this is also a very good thing to talk. Yeah, no, but this is all intuition. This is all based yeah. on like how you develop this core understanding of. In this case, we're talking about planes and graphs, but that's so important yeah, because important. all of linear so algebra important. and basically math, Calcu is, you know, yeah, calculus, is basically uh, can, filled with stuff like this. If you can like visualize this. what you're doing in a problem, oh you know, you already know yep. what you're doing. Yep, yep. You already like, know what there, you're doing. There, there were instances in two, three, uh, in in our proof-related course when there were some pretty pretty finicky finicky oh things. yeah do you oh, remember the I level have... slices yeah the slices where 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 we were trying to visualize them and all the different ways that like for example i'll give like if for people oh you taken, mean integration like yeah, integration people have over taken, the shapes people have yeah. taken multi-variable calculus like Fubini's you know theorem. exactly <laughs> like double you know what and triple I was integrating but that all of that is based yeah, off yeah, of yeah, yeah. simple yeah, intuition yeah, 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 about sure. understanding no, how sure. these slices yeah. work. You know what's so important? What's so important is being able to visualize the equation for a circle and a sphere in three dimensions. For, I mean, because um, that's this, just classic. Like, no, this though. is just for in, like integration, like double integration when you had to integrate oh, over shapes. Oh yeah, yeah. For because you yeah, need the x need squares because you need the bounds. But the here's bounds here's are, what I wanted to say. I had the two bounds are everything. The so I have two things to say. The original thing I will say for after the second thing I want to say. <laughs> so the second thing I want to say is, do you remember the one problem where we had to prove that a set was closed and the set was basically the ball intersection with um, like this function? It was like the rule. The rule was like, um, you need some, you have some continuous function and it's the pre image of this closed interval and then intersection, um, this ball. And basically the theorem was that the pre image of a closed set under a continuous function is also closed. And then you have a closed ball intersection with a closed set, which is also mm. closed. And so that's the, visualization the visualization skills were going crazy. <laughs> we're going very crazy. Go very Insane. Yeah, because especially, <laughs> yeah, when you get to multivariable calculus, yeah. like if you can apply like your, even your simple intuition from from single variable, like even though it is significantly harder, si oh, it yes. is significantly, significantly harder yeah. to visualize, yeah. but it's still possible when you get over that hurdle, as yeah. you just said, like it is you, you couldn't visualize level sets at first. Bro, I got there it. Were, there were, as, I know, there taken, was as soon as it, as soon as there we a, yeah. did it, I was like, oh yeah, I, you know, it's like 3D. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I no, I remember the very video that I watched. It was on YouTube, um, and basically, I know which one you're. It, it, it was like a graph, and then the camera just panned upwards, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, that's what a level set is, you know, and that was just crazy. Yeah. So like that, in like that. Like when you get those aha moments, like in, in, in the last episode, you know, when we spoke to Dr. Walsk and yeah. we had those aha moments, yeah. that itself is the beauty of mathematical it, intuition. Th those moments build. Yeah, that's what builds. Then it because, connects. Exactly. Because connects. those are the moments that you truly understand that you're truly like, oh, shit. OK, this is what is happening. 
You know, yeah. because sometimes you are proven wrong. Sometimes you truly believe something and then you learn something else. And then that itself can really shake you up, but in yeah. a good way because it builds you up for the future. Yeah. Right? Intuition is super important. And Ooh, wait, I just remember what? the first Oh, yeah, because you wanted to, to talk about some original thing too. <laughs> I right? just remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go for it. Now, Go for here's, here's something that's so awesome. Okay. Right, let's let's, 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 let's talk let's about let's, let's talk about three dimensions here. So let's picture just some vector some vector okay right let's some vector let's assume really. that everybody here knows what a dot product is pretty standard pretty it's st your projection yeah, you're pretty standard. Maybe just a, one line on it i mean i'm talking about just the equation for a dot product because that's pretty important um so if you have the dot product between two vectors let's say a b c and x y z take the dot product this is equal to ax plus by plus cz mm. again that is the dot product i mean you have to write in the <clears> correct <throat> row yeah but you know whatever like the matrix form and everything because like because oh, like because like because like no, but whatever. continue continue okay um so what i wanted to say yeah. is that let's say you have some vector in uh you know three dimensions just imagine some arrow and then i ask okay imagine one vector that is perpendicular to that vector so and you can you can imagine you know a 90 degree mm. angle and i mm -hmm. imagine like imagine another vector that points off in a different direction that is also perpendicular to that vector is it perpendicular to the first two doesn't or? have to doesn't have to just some other direction okay. now if you just start populating more and more of these vectors that are perpendicular to the first vector you start to build up this plane right and then you you can ask yourself oh is it like, can I actually describe an entire plane by just saying, oh, what vectors are perpendicular to this one vector? The answer is yes. <laughs> and here's how you do it. Because we know, and I'm just going to assume people Well, they know don't this. have to be perpendicular because you can also describe it. With, they just have to be linearly independent. No, I'm saying You're perpendicular to the first one. Well, yeah, but in two general vectors, you can just describe a plane, right? As long as they're not... Like yeah, no, but I'm saying in this case, in this case I'm with saying, the, with the can you describe with the a whole plane using one vector and asking the question, which vectors are perpendicular to this? Mm -hmm. Now, everybody, yeah, yeah, okay. everybody who's listening, keep this visualization in mind where you have one vector, let's color it orange, and then every other vector that's purple, mm -hmm. that's perpendicular to it, and you just start like populating more and more and more and you start to but see those like this. i don't know but in 3d i don't know if everyone has the same no, level sure, of visualization you would do right now because no 100 like, percent. it's okay. that's all good i think okay. it's all good so now how do we describe this plane um and if you haven't listened to our linear algebra episode i recommend you do that um mm -hmm. but that's a really really fun episode though but now we say, okay, the dot product between a vector and another vector is equal to zero when they're perpendicular. So what if I say, okay, I call my original orange vector, I call it N, and I say, okay, well, N dot product, some vector, let's call it V, is equal to zero. Now I know what N is because I asked you in the beginning to pick a vector n let's call it one 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 mm. just an example now and let's say our vector v is just some x y z it's just some vector in 
3D space. When you take the dot product between M and V, you get X plus Y plus Z, and we're setting that equal to zero. Now, all of a sudden, you have a linear equation. A little wink back at what we were talking about like five minutes ago. Um, you have a linear equation, X plus Y plus Z equals zero. What does the graph of this look like? Well, it looks like the entire set of vectors in 3D that satisfy well, what happens when you add its first coordinate plus its second coordinate plus its third coordinate. Is it equal to zero? Yes. Well, it's on the plane. You can draw that point in. Also, we just realized that that exact graph of that linear equation is the plane that's perpendicular to our original vector. So now, all of a sudden, if you're talking about like subspaces, which is uh, no, 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 <laughs> go no. listen to the no, linear no, no, algebra no. episode. Um, but if you're talking about subspaces, you can describe any like two-dimensional subspace in in three dimensions with a single vector and say the, the the subspace that I'm talking about is just equal to every single vector that is perpendicular to one vector. And that's a very easy way to describe an entire subspace. Mm -hmm. You could also say it's the span of two vectors. But I think that's harder than saying it's the perpendicular to one vector, you know? Uh, depends on what depends on what you want to do uh, yeah, I in guess, your in your particular problem. Oh, and this also connects to what we were saying earlier when we we're saying how do you describe a line in three D? Because we're saying you can't do it with one equation. Yeah, unless we're really just missing something. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. You can't do it with one equation. You need um, well, you can do it with one equation, as in like a vector times t for all t in the real number. And then it's, you have a direction yeah, no, no, vector. No, 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 but that's not a, that's, that's not, not the same thing. No, 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 that's, that's not, not an equation. Thing. No. That's not an equation. I mean, it is, but. No, but, no, but you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. like a linear equation of x, y, and like, you yeah. know, like, you know, like yeah, the Cartesian sure. coordinates. Sure. But, uh, okay, I, I don't think that's worth searching up. I think, no, I think, I think, I think we're right. I think, I think we're right. I think we're right. Unless we're just. Unless we're just completely missing something. Let's just say. So now, let's go back all the way back to the original thing I had where I said you have the plane x equals 1. Or C. Or we'll C. say 1 in this case. Sure. x equals 1. And you have this line. It's just this random line that points in a random direction. I say, when does this line intersect our plane? Well, now it might be a good time to switch to using vectors to describe where we are, mm. right? So let's say this line, we have, how do you describe a line? First of all, I guess that's a good question to address. And a really easy way to describe a line in three dimensions or any dimension for that matter is to just pick a vector, a vector, doesn't matter what the length of it is, all that matters is the direction you say i want it i want my line to go in this direction and then you take four nice letters and you mm. write them before that vector you say span <laughs> and then you <coughs> what the span of that vector means is that you go 
it's any linear combination. A linear multiple in this case. In this case, there's only one vector. Yeah. So you say you extend the vector infinitely in the direction that it points mm -hmm. and also infinitely in the negative direction that it points. And you say, well, that's the line. And again, this is all again, bringing back to the intuition of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, still. Like yeah. At the end of the day, this is, at, uh, this is at the end of the day. Definitely. Still bringing it no. back all to the I definitely feel like everything I'm saying, like if you visualize, visualize it in your head, like... You're building some you're nice, building intuition. You're as building you're some it, nice sure. intuition for what's happening. So you have some vector, and then we say the line is just the set of all points where if you extend your vector infinitely in that direction, infinitely in the backwards direction, you have a line. And then I spawn a plane and I say, Well, I have two questions. First question is, does it intersect the plane at all? And then the second question is if it does, then where does it intersect? Give me the exact point where it intersects. So now we have like a vector description of our line. So it might be a good idea to get a vector description of our plane. And as you know, vectors add very nicely. And so let's just get an easy way to describe our plane x equals 1. Well, direction vectors. <coughs> direction vectors, for sure. Yeah, the cool thing about... <coughs> Jesus. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Cool thing about planes is that you can describe them with two vectors, or I mean, well, it, well you, I mean, you you described it with one vector and perpendicular to both of them, mm -hmm. which I guess still works. But m like, your, like your fundamental plane description comes from two direction vectors, and using the direction. This is a little bit more advanced, in, though. But no, but this is no, the, but the like this is still using vector. No, because I could imagine, I could imagine. Like someone who's not seen linear algebra asking like what's a direction why? vector? No, no, like like why is a plane? No, Describe but I'm, no, no, but that no, but that, that's exactly what I'm trying to that's say. That's kind of hard to so explain. So if you have if you have like two vectors that point in different directions. Now, when I say different, I don't necessarily mean 90 degrees. I simply mean that such that they're not linear combinations or linear multiples of each other. So they just have to be linearly independent. So as long as these so as long as these vectors are basically linearly independent. We simply, now, yeah, I guess this is, okay, might be a little, I guess a little hard to really visualize, but basically what you're doing is you're just drawing like a huge parallelogram from your two vectors, and that basically spans out your plane, right? Because what a plane really is in terms of these direction vectors is simply a linear combination of both of these directions. So, <laughs> and, and every single this? point that leads to a linear combination of both of these vectors will be included on the plane. Okay, how about this? I don't know if, I mean, I think that made sense. I don't know how if about that this? How about this? Sense. Take your arm and point in one direction. It doesn't matter which direction. Take your other arm and point in yeah. a different direction. It's a nice way to... Okay, and make sure the directions aren't totally opposite. <laughs> Just yeah. make sure they, you know, they point off in two different directions. Now, the plane that we're talking about, in, in this case, by the way, your right arm is one of the direction vectors and your left arm is another one of the direction vectors. And now my description of this plane is, I'm telling you, you can go anywhere, mm. but you can only move forwards and backwards mm -hmm. along your right arm or forwards and backwards along your left arm. And now you'll probably notice that there is a direction that you can't go. And that is the direction that is perpendicular mm. to both of your arms at the same time. And that's, kind of goes back to 
the whole describing a plane with one perpendicular vector. Yeah, but exactly. in describing exactly. a plane with two linearly independent vectors, we're saying you can cover all of this ground as long as you can only move in either this direction or either this direction. And you can do combinations. You can go in this direction and then in that direction. And the set of all the points that you can actually reach is that plane. I guess, yeah, the linear combination part, not the easiest part to visualize. Yeah. Maybe if you look at a picture on like <laughs> Desmos or like 3D, yeah. like math 3D, that's a really good way to really start your intuition or at least visually because I think visualizing, mm. I mean, we keep saying, but I think visualizing like these problems, visualizing these things is so very important. And I think that's what builds a lot of this stuff for the future. I think we should do a poll right now between the two of us. Because I think, personally, we've spoken a lot about linear algebra. I think we can, like, do a last segment. No, I have something really cool I want to talk yeah. about. Okay. Which I is why I wanted to bring in a really cool place to learn everything that we've been talking about. Oh. And that's Brilliant. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brilliant. Go check out Brilliant.org for some crazy courses relating to math and science, really in a way that we heavily appreciate. Brilliant.org is known for three major things, and that's practice, practice, practice. And as we're talking about mathematical intuition today, I think that's the perfect way to get yourself better at math or just to understand math a little bit more. Just do more of it. It's the best way to think about it. And Brilliant.org has some really crazy courses, some based in logic, some very, very intuitive math in their logic courses, as well as their linear algebra courses that really stems from ground up, kind of building that fundamental as you go along. So check out brilliant.org MPP or click the link in the description below to get a 20% discount from your premium membership for the year. Thank you once again to Brilliant for supporting this episode. Okay, so... I was gonna, wait. First of all, before you say anything, I was gonna say sure. my personal opinion. We should either talk about calculus or talk about just like elementary things. El I wanted to talk about something so elementary that you're like, what? Mm. And that is squaring numbers. We we spoke about this briefly in the last episode, and we also spoke about it briefly in types of numbers long time ago. But I think. Something like this is like a clear example of like where intuition can be built. So we see the number I or, or I, I don't even know if it's a number. Is it a number? It's a, it's a number. It's a number. Complex number. Yeah, it's sure. a number. It's a number. The number oh, I. Oh, did you know the difference between complex and imaginary numbers? They're different. Yeah, they're different. I mean, are you talking about like imaginary, like only imaginary, like that one? No, like, like what's the difference between complex and imaginary? Because complex contains a real and an imaginary part. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because imaginary, imaginary is only the imaginary only, part. Uh, only like the I times something. Uh, exactly. exactly. Anyways, complex. so the imaginary concept is pretty crazy to think about because again the interesting thing about intuition is you want to take a complicated scenario and you want to break it down to like your real simple stuff to what where you can really understand it so if you take something like i and you're like what do i square that gives me a, a negative number like well intuitively that would be nothing so then the joke is oh mathematicians literally made up a number but then I 
then I thought about something. I came across something and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. So the way we think of numbers, right? Or the way we're thinking about the fact that nothing can square to I is because we are limited on this one dimensional line that we call the real numbers, right? The real numbers all from negative infinity to positive infinity. Like when we're thinking about negative one, we squared, it's positive. We take a positive number, we squared, it's positive. We're like, shoot, when do we get a negative? So what we're restricted to in this case is a one-dimensional line. And, and you live your life thinking that, that this is reality. Reality is a one-dimensional line of numbers. But there comes the imaginary guy and he is slapped right on there perpendicular to your real number plane. And that is called the Argand plane or the complex plane. It's literally perpendicular to the real number plane. It's another plane that contains similar numbers, simply multiples of this imaginary idea. And the coolest thing about this is also through this, you can really understand why I is a rotation, is a rotation vector. Or what it does is it rotates things when you multiply things by I. And the reason is when you think about I, what you're doing is you're, so when you multiply one, for example, let's say you start from one and you multiply it times I, you are now getting on this, on this perpendicular part of this plane that I just described to you. That's equal to one I. Let's say you multiply it by I again, you now get minus one. That puts you back on the other side of your, of your real number plane. Right, and then you, what you've got is when you multiplied by i twice, you basically got a half, or you basically got a semicircle, like a half circle. So that what that's doing is that's basically rotating your plane between each other. Like that understanding, I think between these numbers is is such a cool thing that a lot of people don't even really think about because not a lot of people. Th I don't deal think you, with the, a lot of people have to. <laughs> no, but not a lot of people think with the complex plane. But I think where I where I becomes interesting is seeing in the fact that it is what it's doing is it's rotating everything that it gets into account with because the complex numbers are pretty important especially when we're dealing with quantum mechanics or differential equations there are a lot of complex numbers that show up so you just need to know how to deal with them right so that's where just like some some kind of understanding of i really helps because like the euler's formula for example right e to the i pi right like okay you're like okay it's cosine sine so taylor series they equal each other but like, do you really get that? No, like that, that's not really intuitive. That doesn't really make sense. So, so if you like think about it the same way, you're thinking about E, okay, it's exponentiating something. We can take that out for one second. But if you think about I pi, what that's basically doing is it's rotating it and pi is half a circle. So what it's doing is it's rotating it from the one to the minus one. So E to the I pi equals minus one is basically one times this rotation equals minus one. And the rotation being I, that's just flipping it over because of the pi that it's multiplied by. Like that understanding when you like put it to the, sorry, <laughs> that understanding when you like visualize it, I think is super powerful because then you can take this and move it even further. Then you're like, okay, I actually understand where these exponentials are coming from. What does E to the I X really mean? 
that's such an important formula, you know, that again, mainly shows up in quantum and differential, I guess not very important depending on the field that you're studying, but just the visualization, you know, as we've been saying it throughout this whole podcast, just like the interpretation, that fundamental intuition is just super important. I just wanted to bring it up because I just think visualizing something complex is not always the easiest thing. Made it it's easy. It's only complex because it's called complex. Yeah, it's that, not actually that hard. It's you know? not. It's just, and that's the thing. Everyone makes math out to be like this hard thing. People are like, oh, you want to learn how to prove things? Read my book. Do this. Do this. No, all you need to do is just do math. Like, if you want to learn how to do, if you want to learn how to do proofs, read them. Go through them. Like, there are so many, you know, well, I guess, I guess books would be one of them, <laughs> but I guess there's so many, well, <laughs> so, or resources that have these proofs readily available. You, you have, you love the book, How to Prove It, and you've spoken about it 50 million times on this podcast because it's, it's a good book. it builds intuition. It's a crazy right? book. It literally, what it does is it talks about basic proofs it builds on stuff from like number theory set theory understanding oh can this set be a part of this set just basic proofs and then it just keeps taking it to a next level and that itself is your understanding of math you know like from that base level to wherever mm. you bring it super super powerful it's a good book super powerful definitely recommend it also if uh, you guys have any ideas for things for us to talk about We've got some, but if you want to hear us talk about something in particular, something specific, sure to, yeah, uh, like leave a comment in the comment section of this video or any video. Also, if you have guest recommendations, because hmm. I've actually been thinking hmm. about that. Um, we do have we have a few guests that like we've, we've actually been had planning. a guest recommendation to get Steinberg again. Oh, really? Well, yeah. well, that will. Yeah, we will. Wink, wink. Definitely comes. We will, soon. we will do that. Uh, yeah. But. Um, I'm saying if you do have any, you know, guests, any, anyone that you prefer, YouTubers, I mean, who knows, right? We can always reach out to them. It's just a conversation that I'm sure they're willing to have. So, yeah, just let us know where we're as curious as you are. So I, let hope, us know. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this little episode. We are going to be putting out an episode next Monday uh, to yeah, get back on track. No, no, hopefully. No, no, 100% because <laughs> no, no, I literally can't do Monday night. Because, yeah, I just yeah, can't. No, we so will, we're going to we have to have do it out by Monday. 100% on um, Monday. Yeah. Make yeah. sure to follow the podcast. Get the podcast to 20,000 followers on Spotify. And make sure to subscribe. Come watch the YouTube video. Leave mm -hmm. a like. Leave a comment. Other than that, that's it. Uh, I think there's... Man, this is a very short ending. Did we forget something? I don't think so. I think we're all good. This has been uh, episode number 87 it has. of the it Math has. and Physics podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we shall see you soon. Bye, guys.